If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, fellow Dwarven miners, and welcome to the Abyss Bar. Make sure to go see Lloyd, because we've ordered a round of Oily Oaf Brew, and then give it your best shot at the Barrel Hoop and the Jetty Boot, because today we're deep diving Deep Rock Galactic. Rock and Stone. Rock and Stone. Rock and Stone. (laughs) A little delayed, but I'll take it. (laughs) All right. This is the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. Very soon rebranding to the Video Gamers Podcast. I am your host, Paul, and my two dwarven brothers are with me. Coming up first, he is the employee of the month because he got a broken back after carrying the entire mission on his shoulders. It's Josh. I, I, people couldn't see, but I was pointing myself the whole time. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys ever noticed, but I love the employee of the month uh, plaque that you can see at, at, the, at the bar. It's so Aww, great. Oh, yeah. All right, and then joining Josh and me, you can find him at the Jukebox, playing his favorite metal, disco, hard rock, classical, jazz, country, and techno songs. It's Ryan. (laughs) Well, I got to drink my sorrows away from watching Josh carry us, so. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, guys, before we jump into our deep dive, we do need to give a shout out to a new Patreon supporter. This is always my favorite thing to do. We have a new supporter who goes by the name Centurion, and they signed up with Rare Status. And we also saw on our Discord server that uh, they suffered quite the work injury and got six stitches to the fingers. So we appreciate the support and want to wish a quick and swift recovery to Centurion. Get better. All right. Now, while we're on the topic of Patreon, Josh, do you want to tell the people a little bit about our history with Deep Rock that we already have and why we're covering it today? Well, we have covered Deep Rock Galactic in the past, but it was a long time ago. Um, And, you know, people loved it. I know we've actually had a few listeners that said, hey, I found you through that episode. One of our listeners, Kitaclism, said, you know what? I really think that you guys would love it if you if you went back to it. They've made a lot of changes. They've made a lot of improvements to it. I think it's a it's a new experience and I really want you to check it out again. So Kitaclism went legendary and said, this is my pick. And we said, all right, it's time to go back to the mines. <laughs> we are diving back into Deep Rock Galactic. Um, we've played all together a, a good bit, which is great because I love any excuse to, to play games with you two fine gentlemen. Uh, but that's why we are returning to Hoxis uh, to dive back <laughs> into Deep Rock Galactic. Yeah, dude, we played it in 2020. I didn't realize, Josh, it was right when the game released. So it was actually an early access a couple of years. We played version 1.0. Now we are returning in season four. And then, Ryan, this was your first time playing Deep Rock Galactic, right? Absolute first. uh, First introduction to all the rock and stone. (laughs) And now it's part of your daily lexicon, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Kitaclism said that they have over 1,200 hours in this game. They were very excited to pick it for us. And they also very kindly gave us a little bit of a write-up to help us understand what had been added in the last three years, which was really handy. Which is super helpful, by the way. Thank you for that. Yes. And famously, when we did our first deep dive back in 2020, when Todd was still our host of the show... He, he made multiple reference to this game having gnomes, which was very funny. Um, Josh and I had to jump in and clarify that gnomes and dwarves are actually yeah. very distinct races. Oh, yeah. 
Come on. Be a D&D was- nerd with the rest of us. <laughs> you took that from me. I, I, I listened to the episode, and I was going to do a callback for, for Todd. I was going to call oh, him Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, Cataclysm put in the lineup, uh, or in the write-up, and FYI, they have not added gnomes since 1.0. <laughs> so Cataclysm also had to have the callback to the gnome comment, which is great. All right. And then, Ryan, do you mind uh, doing a little bit of a shameless plug? Tell the people how they can help support our show with ratings and reviews. I am never beyond a shameless plug. So, everybody, everybody, if you can get on, <laughs> give us the five stars. You know, hit that like and subscribe, like everybody always says. But... Go on there, uh, give us the five stars. I know you can uh, leave reviews on Apple, so get on Apple. Leave us that amazing, stupendous, wonderful review. Um, get on there and uh, do what you got to do for us. It will really, really help us out. We we love the reviews, and then uh, you get a chance for us to read it on uh, the podcast. Yeah. Josh has said many times the first thing he does every morning is check for reviews. And the last few days, he's been a little sad. I, I It's been a week or two <laughs> since we've gotten a new review. And I Don't still check Josh sad. faithfully every single morning. <laughs> every single morning, I wake up excited. And then I see that there's no new reviews. And I get a little sad. So yeah. if you want to bring some joy to, to my day in particular, then uh, yeah, leave us a review. All right. Well, guys... These alien eggs aren't going to collect themselves. Let's jump in the drop pod. Let's deep dive Deep Rock Galactic. Slap them dice, Paul! All right. We always start out each deep dive by reading a description of the game from Steam. Deep Rock Galactic is a one to four player co-op first person shooter featuring badass space dwarves. 100% destructible environments, procedurally generated caves, and endless hordes of alien monsters. All right, so like I mentioned a little bit ago, we are currently playing in Season 4, which is Critical Corruption. It's got like the Lithophage Corruptors, all that jazz. Josh, I do think we need to kind of start from the very beginning, just in case any of our listeners don't really know what this game is. How would you describe it to someone who's never played? Deep Rock Galactic is a co-op mission-based uh, mining shooter dwarf culture simulator. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's the that's the perfect wordsmith. Mix there. That's pretty. That's pretty wordsmith right there. Yeah. Beautifully, beautifully right described. Brand. Oh man! Uh, I mean, that's really it. Is it is a it is intended to be a co-op game. I know that you can play this game solo. I do not think that this game would be anything as remotely close solo as it is in the multiplayer experience. But yeah, you are a group of rowdy dwarves who are space miners. You get these missions to go to these different planets and areas. And your missions are crazy things like abducting alien eggs or sabotaging other dwarving mining companies or just mining. Sometimes you just got to simply mine stuff. You've always got a mission that you need to do. You have a submission that gets you bonus points and extra materials and stuff like that. You go in, you do your mission. You got to get out alive. There are a lot of bugs that show up because you're on their planet. You shoot them. You shoot your friends hilariousness happens. Um, maybe Ryan misses catching the escape pod by five Aww. seconds because he's shooting everything <laughs> instead of running. I'm just saying, but yeah, that's the kind of stuff that happens in this game. Okay. I remember when we did our first deep dive that one of the reviews someone left is that this game is just starship troopers inside the mines of Moria. Yeah. That's and that's a, kind of perfect. It really is a good, that's, that is a perfect mashup right there. Yeah, the the dev team said that they were heavily inspired by Left 4 Dead. They loved the idea of four-player co-op. And by the way, I got to say, we don't have enough four-player co-op games. I really love when you have that available. And they wanted it to be a little bit more of a simplistic graphical nature of the game. So they tried to make it look a little more like Minecraft because they knew it would be easier to release future content. And so that's kind of what you have is like the aesthetic of Minecraft with the gameplay of Left 4 Dead. That's kind of what we have here. All right. Now, let's talk a little bit about the lobby, because as weird as this might sound, when I think back on Deep Rock, the very first thing that comes to mind, for me at least, is the lobby. So basically, before you're going to actually go out on one of these missions, whoever is the host, everyone joins their lobby, and there's actually quite a bit you can do in there. What are some of the things that stand out to you guys in the lobby? I love the lobby. 
It's the, the lobby best. is so great, man. It's the lobby sets the tone for this game. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that when Ryan joined for the first time, the first thing he started doing was looking around the lobby and then yeah, yeah. realizing that it's like, <laughs> dude, this is great. <laughs> what I think was the went, first thing I, you did, Ryan? Kick I, a barrel, I, play the game. I, I can't remember if I kicked a barrel or got a beer. Yeah. But I did one of those right away immediately. I'm like, this is great. And then I went to the the Flappy Boot or Flappy Bird type game, whatever. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and played that. And then everyone was talking crap because I wasn't doing too well. But it's a, the mechanics are a little off from the actual Flappy Bird. I will oh, just say a little bit. Really? Because I did fine. Yeah, I did yeah, pretty yeah. good too. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, it's it's good that there's things you can do in the lobby because Ryan and I need something to do while Josh takes 20 minutes to check his hey, gear, check his guys, perks. I got to upgrade this. Hold uh, on, yeah. wait. Some I gotta, of us I'm gonna, care about uh-huh. our loadouts, guys. You know, and, and, and thank you. Notice what Paul said in the beginning. Somebody has yeah. to carry the team, and the guy that goes in prepared <laughs> is the one that's doing that. Oh, yep. Dude, it was very funny to experience this having Ryan as a first time player because I remember when I first went into the lobby, the first thing I did was I walked near a barrel and it said press E to kick the barrel. And when you do it, mission control starts talking you through the intercoms and they're getting mad at you because you're (laughs) trashing corporate property. And so they're telling you like, please stop kicking the barrels into the bay or you know whatever they say. Please don't kick the barrels into the launch bay. Barrels and launch thrusters do not mix. And if you keep doing it, they just keep getting more mad and issuing more demands that you stop. I love how the game right off the bat hits you with the humor. You learn a little bit about dwarven culture. I love the fact that all the dwarves are just so happy all the time. And I don't know if that's the ale or just the fighting or whatever it might be, but they are so happy to be in this world. I think it actually really lends well to co-op gameplay because it puts you in the mindset that we're all having fun and we're in this together. And I think that's actually really cool. Yeah. There's just a tone to this game that I absolutely love. There's a hilarity to it. It doesn't take itself too serious. You're playing some rowdy dwarves. I, I mean, everything really comes together to give this game this really just awesome, like underlying flavor to it that I it really resonates with me. Yeah. yeah. Ryan, I know that you were really enjoying the barrel hoop where you kick barrels <laughs> basketball style into a moving ring. You were actually really good at it. That I Did was you ever, good at. Yeah, you were doing really good. Did you ever try to jump through the hoop yourself? Oh, no. The Ring of Fire? No, I didn't try that. (laughs) You can do it. It actually kills you and gives you a Steam achievement. What? (laughs) All right. Well, I know what I'm doing after this. (laughs) You're going to have to test it out. All right. So basically, let's talk a little bit about the class system and a little bit about how this game works. So basically, when you join a lobby, let's say Josh is hosting. He's already picked his character. There's four classes to pick from. You can be Driller, Engineer, Gunner, and Scout. They are all a little bit different. They have different weapons to choose from. They have different utility items. And as you join someone else's lobby, you can see what other classes are already in there. And then you get to select which one you want to play. They all level up separately and they all have their own individual stuff that you can unlock. What class did you guys pick? And then also tell us a little bit about how that class works once you're actually in the game fighting bugs and mining in the open world. Um, well, I went with what I was given. You guys basically said be a gunner. <laughs> yeah, I'm we like, should go we gunner. Did, we didn't <laughs> tell you to just Ryan shoot stuff. Ryan, just go yeah. shoot stuff. Uh, which I did, even though Josh just talked crap about it. That's what I was doing. I was shooting stuff. I just didn't realize we only had five seconds left. You know? Yes. But <laughs> uh I went with gunner. Um I had a blast. I had a absolute blast with the gunner. Um I had a you know, the the big old Gatling gun. The zip line, the the shield, it almost looked like a proximity mine, you know, on the old mm-hmm. 007 or anything like that. But it was a it was a shield mine that would pop up and put a big old shield around uh, for protection. Granted, I definitely did not use it as much as I could have. Uh, I, I remember Josh going, Ryan, shield, shield, Ryan, Ryan, shield. <laughs> It's <laughs> oh crap, crap! I forgot to add him, and I throw I throw one out to him. I'm because I'm just I'm shooting everything, man. You can't you can't give me more than one thing to do. I it's, just want to shoot stuff. 
Yeah, That's you were shooting at. stuff really well <laughs> while Paul and I were dying to not having shields. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so basically the way it works is you start the mission by going inside this drop pod and then it drills underground, it opens up, and you're basically like tunneling through caves trying to c- accomplish whatever your objective is. So all the classes have different ways that they help you do that. The gunner is probably the easiest class to learn, which is also part of why we told Ryan to do that. Cause you're mostly just there for enforcement. Ryan, you even said if we were going to do a bank heist, you just wanted to be the enforcer with the weapons. Yep. And that's basically the gunner. <laughs> like you're just fighting the bugs. You're still mining as you find stuff. So like if you run around, you can shoot with your left mouse click button, but then with your right mouse button, you can use a pickaxe and you're running around and you're gathering gold, nitra, molokite, you know, all these different kinds of gems. The gunner though is a little bit more strictly fighting. But the zip lines are actually really cool because a lot of times you're fighting in these open cavernous areas and maybe you can't get up to a high ledge. Well, Ryan, as the gunner, can put up a very handy zip line and anyone in the party can use it and it'll stay there for the rest of the game, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Josh? What, what class did you pick? So I had my I still had my faithful engineer from way back in the day when we played many years ago. Um, and so I just went right back to him. I like the engineer, to be honest. Um, I think all the classes are fun in their own way. Uh, but the engineer basically is kind of like team support, uh, kind of like most engineers in games are. He gets the ability to shoot out a foam platform that has to like attach to a wall. But because the environments in Deep Rock are so cavernous and vertical sometimes, and there is fall damage in this game, it's a really, really handy thing to have to where it's like, hey, there's a mineral, you know, up on a pillar that you need to try to mine. How are we going to get up this pillar? And it's like the engineer can put these flo- these foam platforms on there so you can stand on them while you're mining. They help absorb fall damage. So a well-timed one could help save somebody's life and that kind of stuff. The other ability they get are sentry turrets, which in this game are phenomenal because the bugs They're and really the monsters <laughs> that you encounter, they climb on the ceiling, they climb on the walls, they come out of nowhere. And, the sentry turrets do a phenomenal job of just alerting you as to where things are coming from, which honestly is to me is better than just the amount of damage they do so much more that it's, Hey, there's, there's bugs behind you. And then you go, Oh, okay, yeah. well we got to clear these out now. <laughs> um, so that's like the two main things. They get a grenade launcher. They get some heavy weaponry that they can use. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the engineer, man. I will say, I feel like when it's compared to the driller and the zip lines, from the other two classes that it's the foam platforms are very niche and how well you can use them. Mm-hmm. But when you need one, it's really nice to have. Yeah, that is very true. So I also stuck with my original class, which was the driller. They are not necessarily the best fighters, but they do have really good utility. So normally if you're trying to tunnel through the ground or through a wall, you're taking your pickaxe and you're knocking out one little chunk of the wall at a time. Well, the driller has a primary weapon which does AOE damage. It either does like fire or ice or like a corrosive sludge, things like that. But then you also have the utility of pulling out these massive drills that you wear on your hands and you just push your hands forward and very quickly at normal walking speed, tunnel your way through walls, the ground, and you can also angle it. So sometimes it's like, well, we got to get up to that high edge. Uh, We're on cooldown right now, and I can just always pull out a drill, kind of aim up in the air and kind of create my own, like, you know, uh, stairwell, if you will, like up to another ledge. It's also very handy for a quick getaway, because whenever you finish a mission, you always have to work your way back to the drop pod in order to extract. (laughs) Meanwhile, there are (laughs) new enemies spawning, more stuff happening. The driller is nice because you see a little icon that says, you know, whatever, like 130 meters behind all of this stone is the drop pod. And instead of walking four miles around how we got there, I can just beeline it right back to the extraction, which is not the best for combat, but it makes for a very easy extraction. Yeah. The driller is the person that you always want with you um, on the way out at least yeah, on the, i mean honestly it's like the if i had to say what's the one class that you need the driller is it they're not meant for combat like paul we were fighting a boss and you were like guys i've got nothing but close range weapons yeah. like I, I I'm, I'm useless right now um so there is that trade-off 
you know, for like the utility of the class versus like what else they can do. But as Ryan and I were joking around, he and I played around without you, Paul. You had to go, and we're so used to having you with us <laughs> and beelining out yeah. that we ran out of time to to hit the extraction. We had like less than sixty seconds to get to the drop pod. We we realized this is coming down to the absolute wire. I fell and died, and was literally yelling at Ryan to to hurry but don't <laughs> fall and die and then watching Ryan just shoot bugs nonstop and then he finally <laughs> tried to make a last ditch effort fell into a pit and died and that was the end of that but we both kind of went man we miss having Paul <laughs> yeah the whole the whole way back that whole mission like but but especially the the way back we were following you know the robot uh the Molly Molly right Molly yep. yeah, yeah, Molly, yeah, Molly. yeah we were following Molly back and we're like, what, what, what way is she going? What the heck is this? And we're like, oh, man, I wish we had Paul. Like, we mm-hmm. could have just shot straight to it and would have been totally fine. And we went through some crazy ups and downs and arounds and corners yeah. and stuff. And then, yeah, it was it was absolutely wild. So, yeah, we, we definitely wished we had you on that one. Uh, it made me feel uh, very appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final class is the scout. Basically, long story short, they can fire brighter flares. So that's one thing that we should mention is since you're fighting underground, everything is very dark and you can chuck out flares on a cooldown. I'm not sure how long it takes to recharge, maybe like 10 seconds I was or say, so. I feel like it's about 10 seconds of flare. Yeah, and you can chuck them. They don't go very far, and they burn out relatively quickly. And so the Scout has supercharged flares that are much brighter. They last much longer, and they also shoot like darts, and they stick into walls. So it's very handy where you can actually light up entire caves just by shooting them like up into the roof. And they also have a one-person grapple hook. Uh, now, do you guys like the flare system in this game? Like, do you think it's a feature or do you find it to be a nuisance? Where do you kind of land on that continuum? I thought it was something that was, I mean, it'd be obviously easier if you didn't have to deal with the flare system and it was, things were kind of illuminated throughout the cavern as you went. But I thought it was neat the way you had to continuously put them through the areas and then they would occasionally burn out when you went back through, you know? So I, I, I personally, I know it was more work, but I liked it. Yeah. It was always funny to see like the graveyard of flares. Yeah. You'd always see like <laughs> 30 burned out flares in this area. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's weird because my initial thought is I don't like it, but then it gives you something to do while you're running around in that big dark cave yeah. And so it's like part of me is trying to chuck the flare up on a ledge and I'm trying to light up this corner over here and I'm trying to do that. And then I ran out of flares. So now I'm running through the dark and it's adding to the suspense and all that. So it's like, it feels like a chore to me. But then when I think about it, I'm like, I think it's good that it's actually in the game because yeah. it adds that element. I really like it a lot because it makes perfect sense. It wouldn't make any sense if these caves were lit up. Yeah, exactly. The only thing I would say is if they could make the flares last like 30 to 40% longer, I don't think they would be a nuisance at all. And it would only purely be a feature, but they don't last terribly long, which is a little bit of a bummer. All right. Well, we are going to take our first break here, and then we're going to come back and talk a little bit about the assignment board and mission types and progression, how all that stuff works. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Okay, fellas, we are back. So we broke down a little bit of the classes. The last thing I'll say to kind of wrap a bow in in that conversation is that you can absolutely beat any mission with any combination of classes. You don't have to have a driller. You don't have to have an engineer. You can play it with four scouts if you want. I think that's going to be tough, but you can do it. But I think the one thing that works really well is that the classes all synergize incredibly well. I always thought that this game 
kind of played best if you're sort of role playing as dwarves and you have one of each class and you can really start to build these things together where the scout can go get those minerals way up there. The driller is drilling into the next cave. We're all kind of working together in our own separate areas. And I think this is actually one of the games that does that best where there's no necessarily overpowered class. They actually work really well together. Do you guys feel similarly? Yeah, I I will say I think they did a masterful job in how the classes interact with each other. Um, I, I mean, how many times did you know Ryan shoot out a zip line, and then it's like, well, I you know it's it's off center slightly, so I, I drop a foam platform underneath so that when you get to the other side, you have something to drop down on. Or Paul, mm-hmm. you're like, hey, there's stuff we have to mine up there. Let me just drill a staircase up to that. Uh, now there's a hole in the wall. Josh, throw out a platform for me, you know, or yeah. we're fighting a boss. Ryan, we got to get out of this area. There's lava everywhere. Zip line us out, you know, that kind of stuff. So it really does a good job of allowing you to rely on your teammates. And I think when you get into like the really hard levels, because this game does have various difficulties, that's where the teamwork becomes super, super important at that point, because everybody kind of has to know their role. In some of the easier to mid difficulties, I think it's a lot more forgiving in that regard. But I love the fact that it's just, listen, you got to rely on your friends if you want to do really well. But if you all just want to goof off too, that that will still work. Yeah. Yeah. hundred hundred percent. And I and I appreciated that factor of it too, where it was, it, it's almost like the game doesn't take itself too seriously. So you can still come in and have an awesome time and have a lot of fun, but but you can accomplish these missions um, I, I know, you know, Josh and I, we were doing that, that mission and we didn't have Paul to dig us out and we almost finished it. We were right there at the end and we, you know, we took some time probably more than we should, but we, we could have finished it if we really needed to, or if we played it again, but it just shows how the balance between the characters makes such a difference to where you, you can do it without, but it does make it that much better together you know to, to to form you know our powers combined <laughs> <laughs> captain planet style yeah, captain planet style <laughs> <laughs> absolutely let our powers combine all right so let's talk a little bit about the assignment board and the mission types so in order to select what mission you're going to go on normally what you do first is you go to the assignment board and the assignment board gives you a list of different basically like quest lines that you're going to choose as your active quest and after you do the certain number of objectives it'll give you some kind of reward at the very end. So maybe if I do this mission assignment, then I have to complete three missions of a certain type and then I'm gonna unlock my next gun. Or maybe you unlock a hat, or maybe you just get crafting materials, but you're going to select an active assignment type and then if you go to the mission select screen, it's very easy to see what's going to complete your next objective. And it's really nice when you play with friends if you take on the same mission types at the same time. That way we're knocking out the same objectives. But basically there you select from one of several mission options. Now, when Josh and I played back in 1.0, there were very limited options for the missions. They have added actually quite a bit. So when you're looking at the mission types, you've got some stuff like on-site refining, you've got escort duty, you have industrial sabotage. Those are some of the newer ones. There's also very older ones like uncovering the alien eggs and extracting those. Uh, One I believe is called elimination where you just fight the dreadnought bosses. So there's different mission types to give you a different experience. And I think your average mission probably takes what, anywhere from 10 to 45 minutes, something like that. I don't know if you can do them that fast. And t- I'd say closer to probably 20 to 40 minutes somewhere. I mean, I guess if you know what you're doing and you just beeline it, you could probably knock one out in 20 minutes. We tend to goof Hazard off. Hazard level one. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. we tend to goof yeah, off beginner. and get lost and shoot each other and that kind of stuff. And then it takes us like 30, 40 minutes to complete one. So. Yeah. Oh, before I forget, just in case, since this game is cooperative, people do die. Do you guys want to mention how you res your fellow dwarven oh, miners? Like, like any dwarf would get another dwarf back on his feet and you give him some alcohol. How do you give it to him, Josh? You pour it all over him. He's unconscious. He can't drink him. it. He's got to do something, man. Be you a good sprinkle friend. It. <laughs> he pours a little bit of alcohol. Him. You know, their the pores absorb oh. it and then they're good yeah. to go. Right back at him. Dude, I love it so much. And if two dwarves are resing one, it goes faster, but you're both just like waterboarding this dwarf with, you know, alcohol. It's the funniest thing. 
All right. So anyway, between all the different mission types, you get a little bit of everything. Like one is really just extracting minerals. One is escort, things of that nature. Were there any mission types in particular that you guys enjoyed the most? I liked the new missions, to be honest. I, maybe it's just that we were really familiar with the old ones, but a lot of the new missions I found to be just really fun. Um, this game has come a long way. So I, I will say that I know that when Kitaclysm picked this game, that they were like, you know, hey, here's here's some of the changes. I really want you to experience some of those changes. And I can say that we did. Um, there are some pretty intense boss fights now which yeah. I thought were yeah. super cool. There are random events. We came across a giant robot that was like some rogue rocket launching climbing robot that was kind of like our little Molly on steroids that started wrecking us and we didn't have any idea what was going on. Um, and so I really love where this game has gone over the years because it's honestly pretty impressive. I think my favorite mission was the industrial sabotage one. Just because oh, really? you okay. always have something to do and then you have that kind of boss fight at the end. Um, once we kind of figured out what we needed to do, I, I liked that one. My second favorite was probably the riding the drill in because that one was just chaos. for like We had no idea what to do. <laughs> There's things attacking their tank or our drill or whatever it is. Paul's trying to figure out these weird pod things and, and we have no idea what cells. to do. Yeah. Ryan's yeah, off yeah. shooting things. <laughs> you know, it's just like we like, but then it got, we kind of started to figure it out. And that's when I went, this is kind of neat. And then I really liked the end of that mission where this drill that you escort is now trying to crack open this giant alien like egg thing. And yeah, as yeah, it yeah. hits the different phases, there's just this giant like colorful explosion that rocks the whole cave. And I was like, this is really cool, man. <laughs> there's like laser shooting crystals there's bugs yeah. coming everywhere it's actually one of the rare escort missions that's a lot of fun normally we yes. rag on escort missions that's actually yeah. they do it really well yeah i really loved the on-site refining so this actually kind of like built in a little bit of satisfactory mechanics yeah. which is kind of funny so that's where you have this refinery and it's got three pipelines and you have to go discover where these pools of liquid morkite are and then you basically start building pipelines from the refinery down to the pools. But then once you turn the machine on, they tell you this noise is going to draw out all the monsters. And periodically, they will uh, damage parts of your pipeline and start spewing more kite out. And so you have to constantly run around and repair the pipeline where it's broken and keep it running, but you also get to grind like Tony Hawk. The style. rail grinding was so cool. Yeah, man. <laughs> I loved yeah. that. So, so this game's come a long way. Instead of just hey, take your pickaxes to this organic material and grab the egg and just leave, or go find two hundred more kite and leave. Those missions were very simplistic. The new ones were like multi-stage, much more complicated. I liked it quite a bit. Well, I loved how we were like, okay. Okay, here's here's the pump. How the heck are we going to get this down to this thing? And we're yeah. trying to figure out which way to go around, and we got to bring it down. We're like, I I was like, all right, guys, it's up here, it's up here. This one's up here, and I and I shot a zip line, and then we're like, wait, how are we going to get over this cavern? I was like, well, that won't work. So we had to circle <laughs> it back around and go down below, and we're like, Paul, dig out this cavern. Come on, hurry up, you know. And so yep. yeah, I I I love those ones as well. That that was a blast. Yeah, I, I think some of the mission options are really, really good. I feel like they've really stepped it up with the later ones compared to earlier. All right, so let's maybe just flesh out the combat a little bit more. I would say the combat is relatively chaotic. I wouldn't say it's as chaotic as something like Broforce, for example, where you can blow up the ground underneath your friends and they're going to immediately die. But this game does have friendly fire. And especially when you play someone like the driller, if you're using like a flamethrower, it's very easy to start burning your dwarven friends oh, and they will. Oh, and they yell hilarious oh, yeah. voice lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I would just say it's a lot of like, there's small bugs that you basically like one or two tap and they die. But then you have other really big glyphids. I think they're called where they have like soft spots that do more damage, but they're doing elemental damage to you. Like, how did you guys feel about all those different mechanics? Is there enough that you would say the game has good combat? I, I just want to say Paul is being very kind. I, I shot both of these 
little dinguses <laughs> oh, yeah. more than you can imagine. <laughs> and then they yeah. would their characters would yell back at me like relentlessly because I yep. got this Gatling gun with like seventeen hundred bullets, and I'm just like I'm gonna kill every freaking spider in this whole cavern. And then they would run by, and I'm like, you know, and just mow them down. Hey, get off me! You know. <laughs> So <laughs> at one point uh, I yelled at Ryan because the, you, you you do fight like enemy robots and drones and stuff. That too, was so that it's was not I all. I beelined right on you. I aimed my crosshairs right on you. You're like stop shooting me. It, I, it took me a second to realize. Like I thought I was getting shot by a drone, and I looked down, and Ryan is just Gatling gunning, just standing down on this ledge, just straight at me, just lighting me up, man. And I was like, what the heck? And I looked down, and I realized it's Ryan. I'm like, Ryan. Quit shooting me! And then he's like, "Oh, is that you?" <laughs> Listen, well, I'm new. First- okay, come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they've added some new mechanics. So, like, one of the things we discovered is you could shoot these little flying robots when they got damaged, they'd fall. But then you could hack it, and it would become your pet and yeah. fight with you. And Josh kept yelling at us because because Brian and I would keep shooting his pet, and he's like, "That's mine, guys! Stop yeah. shooting it!" Bunch of bloodthirsty dwarves <laughs> running around, man. If it moves, it dies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think combat, I, I'll be honest, man. Combat in this game, I think, is it. it is good for what it needs to be. Um, it's good I, enough. It is good enough. Yeah. I, I, it, I won't go and say it's amazing, but I do like that it gets very frantic. Um, you do get different weapons. You can earn weapons. I, I was harassing you guys because I was like, guys, we got to get this green stuff. I, I got to get this new weapon that I've unlocked. Um you know, so you do get weapon progression. You can actually add mods to your weapons that give you bigger magazines or they shoot faster or it changes kind of how they fire and things like that too. So there is actually a good bit of customization to your loadout. You can get different grenades and things like that. Um, in the beginning, when we played years ago, the monster variety was slim to none. I will say that they've improved that a lot. Now you don't know if you're going to be fighting flying robot drones or giant flying insect creatures or little skittery ones that blow up on you and stuff like that. So I think that they've done a really good job adding enemy variety. All that said, the combat... You're not playing this game for the combat alone. You're playing the game and doing the combat because of the chaos it creates and then the environment that you are now in, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like your buddies are dying. I can't count how many times I had to res both of you guys um, and save the day, uh, you know, from you both getting killed and things like that. Yeah, um, yeah, taking out the yeah. boss sure, single-handedly, sure. that kind of stuff, you know. But <laughs> but no, it really does. The combat in this game adds a layer that is very much needed and it is satisfactory. I just wouldn't say I think the combat's like super on point or tight or something like that. Yeah, this isn't the gunplay from Destiny 2 or something yeah, like right. that, but... They, they do get clever and creative. So even some of the newer stuff, you have to shoot a certain substance on a certain type of armored enemy and then peel away the armor and then you can actually shoot the inside. So they've added little twists like that that do add a lot of variety. They've also added more ranged stuff. I feel like it was not very often that we were being shot from range, but they sometimes like in certain missions, they'll spawn these sniper sentries. Oh, those things are annoying. Such a pain in the butt, oh, yeah. but I liked the fact that you had to pay attention to it. I mean, they they wouldn't one shot you, but they'll take out your shields, and you know they can do some heavy damage. But uh, I, I do think that they've done a lot to improve the combat. I would have said in the past it was like a C minus, and now I would say it's like a solid B. Yeah. I, I think the combat's come a long way. I, I agree. The enemy variety, the weapons, the boss fights, especially for me, are what really kicked it up a notch versus when we played a long time ago. And I like the fact that, you know, we would still see new monster types after, you know, 10 new missions that we've done. Now there's one that can pick you up and carry you off or there's a web one that's, you know, cling to a wall or you really have to be aware. The, I, I don't know if this is a detriment necessarily. Maybe it is, but it's like sometimes you're getting spit at by various bugs and you don't know where they are because the ceiling oh, is dark. yeah. And then it's like, what is hitting me? Like something is <laughs> shooting me. And then you're looking around everywhere. And then finally you realize that it's a bug that's up on a dark ceiling that's been spitting at you for the last four minutes. And you finally realized it was up there. If only we had a scout with us. <laughs> yeah, to, I mean, true. Uh, that's to light that's it up. probably the benefit there. <laughs> if only. I, I mean, as far as combo goes for me, I, uh, you know, for somebody who hasn't played it, uh, you know, prior 
like you guys did. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was just enough to keep pace with the rest of the game. I thought it wasn't too much. It wasn't too little. It it just kind of kept on pace with everything else. It it was fun. It was interactive. I loved the parts where we had to shoot the legs to open up the other the other parts of the the boss. I love the parts yeah. where we had to yeah, where we had to you know shoot the different monsters that were coming in. You know when we were trying to uh, accomplish this last objective. So I thought it was it was it was enough. wasn't amazing, but it wasn't bad. So a kid just kept pace with the game. I thought I thought it was great and I enjoyed it. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about how you choose your assignment, which is your active quest, and you do that to unlock certain gear. But there's also a lot of other forms of progression. It's not just through assignments. I mean, this game, you get milestone achievements, which give you perk points. You spend those on upgrades that you use on all of your characters. Um, They have where if you level a certain class up to 25, you promote them in a prestige system. And then I would say maybe most importantly, maybe what Deep Rock Galactic's biggest legacy is, is the fact that they have a battle pass, which costs zero dollars completely free and not only that if you miss out on a previous season guess what it's all still available for you to get that loot later so if you want to work your way through and earn those cosmetic rewards they're there this is a game that delivers you free new seasonal content with a free battle pass and you don't pay any extra this is kind of like um i think most people think of terraria and Deep Rock Galactic as these two games that you pay up front and it just keeps paying off over time because they're going to give you more and more and more and more. I guess you could also put No Man's Sky into that category. Some of these games that they just give you so much bang for your buck and Deep Rock is right there with them. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, they just keep the content coming. I mean, it's been years since we played. This game feels like it's easily three times as as large as it was back then. We didn't have to pay for DLC. We didn't have to buy anything. We literally just reinstalled the game and bam, there was everything new that had happened over the last two or three years or whatever it was. And just, just waiting for us to try out. Including the space beach party theme in the lobby (laughs) (laughs) with inflatables, beach balls, palm trees. I tell you uh, that all while you're in space. That's the best lobby of any game. By far. I think so too. Oh, it's it was amazing. I, I spent more time. I would hop in with my son. He's seven. Well, seven now as a couple days ago. We'd come in and he's like, I want to play that one game, dad. And we'd run over. We'd kick the barrel. We would, would go and play the Flappy Bird <laughs> game and go around. Mm-hmm. He's like, give me a beer. And I'm like, hold on, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. <laughs> oh, I love it. So how do you guys feel about playing this game long term? Because when we did our first deep dive, I said that my biggest issue is that after you've played each mission type like seven or eight times, I felt like it was really dragging after that. I I kind of felt like, what am I really playing the game at this point for? There's really no carrot to keep doing it. There's not enough mission types. Now, three years later, Josh, do you feel like the game's more replayable than it used to be? Because I absolutely think it is. I I 100% agree. I know that I think I had kind of the same context as you before. I think I was always a little bit higher on Deep Rock than you were. But you were, you know, you you definitely were like, dude, I I hit the wall. We've done all the missions. We've seen all the stuff there is. Like, why am I playing this at this point? Let's just go on to something else. Um, Now, I think that they have enough variety in the mission types, in the progression paths, in the perks, in the weapon unlocks. At the assignment board, you can get these personal missions that unlock new types of missions or new weapons or new cosmetics, or you just get a ton of resources because you need to spend those to buy new weapons and things like that. I think the progression loop is insanely better than what it was back then. And there were still systems because none of us have promoted a character. Like they have a forge, they have overdrive systems and some of this stuff that honestly we don't know about that's in the higher levels of the game for people that have played for hundreds of hours. And I think they're even still catering to those people as well. So I would say, you know, kudos to them for what they've built over the years, because this, this game is a very well done game. And I think the progression system is where it needs to be now, whereas it was not uh, when we played it first. Yeah, I totally agree. 
from what I've played and what I gathered, it seems like it's it's a game from developers that care about the players and they want them to continue to play the game. And not only that, they want them to have fun. They want them to enjoy it, to to, yes. to just have a blast, man. I, I had so much fun with this game and like anybody out there, I, I know we're kind of done on the deep dive of it and we've played it and we kind of got to move on to some other games, but somebody hits me up and we can get a crew together i would love to play this game again it it, i every time i was playing i had fun the whole time and you can't say that about many games like from start to finish it was a blast and i know i was playing with these guys that i love but it was it was a blast start to finish and it was great and i would do it again so yeah a plus for me yeah I, i don't think it's an everyday kind of game for me but with each new update, I'm much, much more inclined to go check it out with each new season. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take our last break, and then we'll come back, do some hot takes, community reviews, make love, marry, or murder, and our leaderboard. Okay, guys. Time for some hot takes. Ready or not, that's hot. Yes. Anyone want the honors of going first? Oh, I'll, I'll go first. I got it. I all got right. It. I'm, I, all right. I'm going to try. I'm trying to be spicy here, guys, even though you guys sure. might agree with this. So agreement doesn't mean <laughs> it's not spicy. That's what I tell myself. But I'm going to say that Ghost Ship Games, who developed Deep Rock Galactic, is one of the best game developers out there. That's my okay. hot take because I'll back this up because people are going to go, Ghost Ship Games, who? If you think <laughs> about Deep Rock Galactic, we played this game two years ago. And it was a complete game at that point. From start to finish, we could do everything we wanted to do. We got 20, 30 hours of gameplay out of it easy and had, had a lot of fun. And we, you know, our one main complaint was that ah, it started to get repetitive. They've been developing this game for two plus years now on top of what we've already played. And they have added so much to this game for free. This yep. is how you do a game, man. They're not trying to soak every dime out of somebody. They don't have 500 DLC packs. Everything is free that they continue to develop for this. And on top of that, this game's fairly bug free. I didn't run into any bugs. Did you guys? Not a single one. Yeah, I, I mean, and so it plays well. It's optimized. Are the graphics maybe, I mean, they're, they're fine for what the game is. They're not bad graphics by any means. Like they, they kind of lean into a certain art style and it works, but like, I can't think of a, like a, a game where the developer has made this such a passion project and made it so good. Other games that come to mind, Stardew Valley, right? Like that was made by like one dude. One right? guy. Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, look thing. at the love, but Stardew Valley is regarded as one of the better games made. I mean, it's, it's a beloved game. So when I look at this and I think this developer has done everything that they need to do, I think that's how you develop games. It should be kind of the gold standard for people to develop games this way. So for me, go ship games, even though not many people have heard of you, you're one of the best out there. Well, we kind of recently talked about, how Larian Studios has gained so much reputation through games like Divinity Original Sin 2 and of course now Baldur's Gate 3 because they're just delivering good games at a fair price. Ghost Ship Games on their own website, they say, we believe in fair deals, equal partnerships, full transparency, and consumer-friendly business models. If people are happy to buy your game, you know you're on the right track. Yeah. Like these are just people who, yes, they run a business. They have to be concerned about the finances, but they also love games and you can feel it. There's a difference when you play a game like this or you play the Rockstar GTA trilogy remastered where you can tell this is literally just a money grab and it looks and plays terrible. You can tell the complete difference. Absolutely. What about you, Ryan? What's your hot take? Um, uh, my hot take for this is I think that this is a criminally underrated game. Yeah. I think that for someone who is, I mean, I would consider myself a gamer. I play lots of video games. I buy lots of video games for me to have not played this prior to us doing it together is, is just ridiculous. I had so much fun playing this game. So the the hype is not there the 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 media the everything is not there this game should be a lot more 
out in the stratosphere than it is. Had you heard about it before we mentioned it? No. Not, not even knew all. the name, right? See, and even. that's that's part of the point yeah. right there. Yeah. It's just I, I I had no clue about it. I mean, I guess I was probably in my little destiny world in orbit, uh, <laughs> you know, going through the galaxy, but it it just I had never even thought of this game or heard of it or or it never came on my radar. So I uh I wish I would have got it sooner because that was so much fun playing. Here, it's this great game that you never knew you wanted. Yeah, exactly. You never knew you wanted to be a space dwarf out here mining gems left and right, yeah. huh? Well, woefully <laughs> lacking on, on gnomes in the, in the galaxy yes. there, but... Uh, it's the but one I'll, way you can improve, man. I'll, I'll improve take it. The, I'll take the dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my big hot take here is I think it's the best four-player co-op game that you can play right now. Yeah. I mean, I know it's got some competition from other stuff, but like... There's been a lot of lackluster efforts at four-player co-op, like Back for Blood didn't really do it. Uh, I, I think this one does it best. I think the atmosphere is fun, and I think it has also led to a really pleasant community. So I played a whole bunch of games with randos for one afternoon. I probably played about three, four hours straight and they have added so many new things to this game that I started playing one game. I just dropped dropped in halfway through and my screen kept blinking low oxygen and I kept dying. And I'm like, <laughs> how do I get oxygen? Am I too, too deep in this cave? So I'm like climbing higher, but I'm still suffocating. They must have rezzed me seven or eight times in a row within like four minutes and no one was blasting me. Finally, I just start typing in chat. Guys, I haven't played in two years. I don't know what I'm doing. Why do I keep dying from oxygen? And they're like, oh, welcome back to Deep Rock. Yeah, stand near the mule and you'll uh, get more oxygen. I'm like, oh, thanks so much. Oh, Can nice. you imagine hopping into like oh, Overwatch yeah. and being like, hey, oh. guys, how does Genji's ult work? I would troll you so hard, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get flamed. It's true. I, th- I had this experience a long time ago. Um, I did kind of the same thing. And I joined some super high level group. These guys were all, I mean, masters at Deep Rock Galactic. And the same exact thing happened to me. I died 20 times. They resed me every single time. Gave me an attaboy, a pat on the back. I mean, no toxicity at all. This is one of the better game communities out there. This also sounds a little goofy, but if you press V, your character will ye- will like emote and yell lines, and they are all positive teamwork phrases. And when I was playing, because when, when the three of us are on, we're in voice comms. We're not really using the emotes because we're actually talking. But every time I played with randos, as soon as any one person hit V, everyone <laughs> is mashing the V button for the next three minutes where we're all, you know, if you don't rock and stone, you're not coming home. And you, know, you get all these different voice lines, which is so funny. I feel like the community of Deep Rock is actually extraordinarily pleasant and as someone who still plays Overwatch on a daily basis, it was very refreshing yeah, to be it, in a different community. It really is. <laughs> All right. Well, Josh, I think you've got some community reviews for us. I do. We always give some various opinions on these games, so you don't have to just take our word for it. And you can kind of get an idea of what some of the good and some of the bad is. Uh, since this game is on Steam, uh, that's where we went to pull some of these. So first review is recommended 466 hours on record. And it says, imagine paying less money for infinitely more content than most games deliver in their entire lifespan. Imagine a company supporting a game for years after its launch. Imagine premium cosmetics being the only paid DLC in the game. And even those are dwarfed, literally, by the cosmetics (laughs) that you can get in the game for free. Imagine a developer truly caring for its fans and the games that they create all while delivering one of the best co-op games I've played since Left 4 Dead. I was happy knowing that Redigit seems to love Terraria just as much as I do, and I never thought I'd see another developer show such respect and love for their game. Luckily, I was wrong, and I will happily continue to be wrong so long as Ghost Ship Games have me... Uh, as, as long as they have me. Seriously, buy this game. I've bought dinners more expensive than this game, all to have far less fun. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, cancel one DoorDash order and and pick up Deep Rock, and you're going to get <laughs> at least 20 hours oh, yeah. and 
even very possibly a hundred plus. That's like yeah. a movie trailer on like the greatest game ever. It's like yeah. in, a, yeah. in a world <laughs> where the imagine, game. <laughs> imagine a developer that cares. Imagine a world. <laughs> All right. This next one is not recommended. Seven and a half hours on record. I'm confused as to why this game is overwhelmingly highly rated. It's definitely not a bad game, but I feel like the rating is misleading. I've only put seven hours into it, including an hour of kicking barrels into a flying circle, and I eerily (laughs) feel like I put in at least 30 hours. It's fun to hang out and mine with your friends for a few rounds, but it quickly gets repetitive, and there wasn't enough of a grip from the leveling system to keep me coming back for more. By any chance, did you grab the date on that review? That sounds like a 1.0 review that I would have said back then. Yeah, honestly. But I mean, in it, in scrolling reviews and pulling some, repetitiveness becomes a theme for the negative yeah. reviews. Uh, this game's not buggy. I, I said it's that optimized too. well. You can't be mad at the developer for battle passes and all this stuff that people get mad about nowadays. So the negative views are just, hey, here's something that I didn't like about the game itself. And they tend to just be that it gets repetitive. So, all right, this next one is recommended 1,555 hours on record. (laughs) Deep Rock Galactic is like if going to work was fun. You wake up, select your mission, (laughs) drink your drinks, embark, mine, shoot bugs, say something racist about elves, and unquestioningly sell your labor to your underpaying, under-equipping capitalist overlords. Rock and stone. Do it again and again and again. What I've heard negative reviews describe as a repetitive grind personally felt like a satisfactory climb to me. I had well over a thousand hours before things started to feel repetitive to me. There's simply far too many biomes, mission types, loadouts for that to happen right off the bat. There are always, there's always something new to try out, some new achievement to get, or some challenge to overcome. So perfect (laughs) counterpoint to the people that say this gets repetitive. This person saying that feeds me. Yeah. What percentage of the reviews do you think said rock and stone? Oh, every single one of them, honestly. <laughs> every, yeah, go, go scroll through, man. And I was like, I was going to pull one, but then I'm like, I really want to give people like an idea about the game and me just yelling rock and stone probably doesn't do that. <laughs> rock and stone! I would have laughed if you said I have four reviews and all four were just, just rock, rock and stone. stone. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, and then this last one is not recommended. Four and a half hours on record. I think you might be seeing a difference here in the time played. Not feeling this game after playing it with friends a few times. There's quite a lot to do, but it feels like a job. The sense of progression is pretty slow. I put four hours into the game already, and I've barely accomplished anything while sticking to one character most of the time. That might excite some players, but for me, I can't justify dumping hours into a game which rewards my time with minor character upgrades and cosmetics. My ultimate criticism is this game lacks substance. You run around, find a thing, retrieve it, then leave, all while occasionally killing some enemies. That's the loop. You're basically an online grocery shopper, except replace all other customers with hostile monsters. <laughs> and instead of real money, you get fake money that you can use to buy a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> that also screams to me like 1.0 review. I will say if anyone out there is listening and you haven't played deep rock in a long time and you think you don't like it, I would highly encourage you to check it out again. Cause so much has been added. It, it doesn't feel like a completely different game, but it feels much deeper. It it really does. It feels much more complete to me now as a full game. We've gone from a four foot deep pool to a Olympic size yeah. pool is, is yeah, how it feels. It. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So as we always do, we try to guess the overall steam score. There was a clue in one of those reviews there, guys, as a hint. Um, on the steam scale of zero to 100, I think I'm the winner last time. Didn't I win? pretty sure i did did you you might have yeah, yeah. Pretty i think sure so I did. so i'll i'll just go with my guess i guess 91 percent. i thought you know what this is going to be a game that people really like i think the simplicity and the perceived repetitiveness will throw some people off so i guess in the 91 range okay what's paul. your guess ryan no nope. paul you're next all right so I'm here's the thing <laughs> i i accidentally cheated because oh what I listened to the old deep dive and we just flat out say what the rating is. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's still the same because I, I, uh, Josh did read a little bit of a hint there. Yeah. So I'm going to take a pass on this one. All right. R- Ryan, good. what's your guess? Kudos for the honesty. Yeah. Okay. I'll say first time, what'd you do? first time, three and a half years of doing this. This is the very first time I accidentally ran across <laughs> the steam score. So what, what did you do, Josh? What was yours? I said 91. 91. So you, you either go one over, you go one under, man. I'm going 90. 
You going 90? I'm going you 90. wrong. You have chosen poorly. Oh, no. It is 97%. <laughs> what? 97% on Steam. Overwhelmingly positive. And I don't have that it in tracks. front of me, but that was at least 120,000 reviews as well. So this is not like just a few reviews and people loved it kind of thing. So kudos to Very the Brock Galactic right there for that. All right. I guess that um, lets me uh, intro this next segment since I'm the back-to-back champ. Yeah, 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 let's yeah. insert those five credits to get that jukebox going. Here we go. Hey, Molly, get over here and let me make a deposit. <laughs> oh, dear. <Yeah. laughs> what do you, why These you guys are always the funny? worst because I come, I come up with the best pickup lines, but I can't ever read them because I never win. <laughs> yeah, loser. Um, <laughs> Get good. Yeah. Get All right. Good scrub. So this is where we rate the game on our scale of make love, marry, or murder. Uh, murder is don't play this game. It's not worth your time or money. Make love. Hey, this game might be up your alley. Might be worth the price. Worth checking out. Maybe. Mary is this is an absolute must play. I recommend this to everybody. The game just stands above most others out there. I'll be honest. I don't remember what I gave this game back in the day, but I can tell you for me, as of now, this is an easy Mary uh, for me at this point. I feel like this is a, it's not a different game. It's just such a vastly improved experience now. Um, I love the humor. I love the gameplay. I love the camaraderie with friends. I love the good community. I love the progression system in it now. I just, I really honestly love everything about Deep Rock Galactic. I've always recommended this game to people that want a co-op experience, and that has not changed. What has changed is my opinion of this game. Since playing it again, I'm really glad that Kidaclism asked us to go back to it, because now I can really just super encourage people to pick it up and play it. Whereas before I'm like, I mean, yeah, most people would probably like it, but now it's, it's an absolute Mary for me. Well, since I did just listen to the old deep dive, I can tell you exactly what you said. You said (laughs) I'm right on the line between make love and Mary. And you're like, I guess it's barely a Mary. And that's what you said. Now it's an absolute. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to upgrade. I said make love last time. I would definitely say it's now a Mary quality game. I think with the added missions, with the seasonal updates, like back then in 1.0, it was just the base game. The fact that they have given so much extra content for free that there is so much more motivation now to keep going on more and more expeditions. I love the co-op nature. I love the community. I love the battle pass system. That's not a phrase you're ever going to hear me say again. (laughs) This is the only game where I promote the battle pass. Uh, I like almost everything about this game. I mean, I'm not the kind that's going to put a thousand hours into it. Like I'm not, I'm not that crazy about it, but I will check out future updates and it's now a, a Mary. Ryan, I have a feeling you're going to be the triple Mary for this one. Oh, you're wrong. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, definitely this game. Uh, put a rock on that finger. You put a, put a rock oh. on that. Put a rock on that stone there. Um, I, I don't know. I, for someone who came in fresh, I'm completely oblivious to this content, to everything about it. Um you guys all have past experience and so you have knowledge on what it was like before. But for me, I had so much fun playing this game, especially with you guys. And you know how I am with multiplayer games and playing everything with, with friends, but just, I I found myself looking forward to what my characters were going to say or what your characters (laughs) were going to say in different situations. So it's just, there's so many little different side parts aside from the actual game that I loved. So it's a hundred percent Mary, 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 three honeymoons, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I, I absolutely love this game. Take it to the bank. Thank you. Kidaclism. I loved it. <laughs> oh, nice. I love when we're all on the same page and we all like the game. Yeah. That's, that's the most fun for me is when we actually all really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, let's go into our last segment. Let's go to the leaderboard and see where this game stacks up.
All right. So guys, this is actually our last game that we're placing on the leaderboard Whoa. as the multiplayer gaming podcast. Oh. When we sw- in 2 weeks when we switch over to the new format, we have to move into individual leaderboards. So this is actually our last one as a three-man consensus. If this is the first time you've heard us talk about the leaderboard, all every single game that we have done a deep dive episode on, we have on our website multiplayerpodcast.com. We have covered 101 games. This is now number 102. And we have to come up, come up as a three-man consensus. Where do we want to place it against all the other games? We've got some stuff on here like Apex Legends at 8, Call of Duty Warzone at 20, uh, Risk of Rain 2 at 28. I don't think we need to go any further down, but we've got like uh, Final Fantasy 16 at 36. And all the way down at the bottom, don't worry, we still have Battlefield 2042 <laughs> holding up the end of the line at number 102 after today, I'm assuming. Get in the dumpster. It's, it's consistent, if nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> Consistently <Yeah>. garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so currently, Deep Rock... Oh, we won't have 102 games. We already covered it. So Deep Rock is currently sitting at number 39, and I think it definitely needs to jump up. Yeah, I agree 100%. I... I started looking at the leaderboard and thought, man, where where does this go? Um, I don't think it's in the upper twenties for me. Those, I mean, at this point, we've covered so many incredible games that like one through twenty are just absolutely phenomenal. Um, for me, I think it's right in, and this is very very high praise, um, but I think it's in the mid to late twenties. Um, mid to late being. The mid to latter yes, 20s, like yes, 26, yeah, like 27, the 20s, somewhere around there. Yeah, 25-ish. Um, I, honestly, I would put it somewhere in the 26 to 28 range, um, personally, but anywhere from 20... Oh, man. I could even see putting it at 20, honestly. So I'm in that range. Somewhere in the 20s? Yeah. What about you, Ryan? Yeah. I know you've played every single one of our deep dive games, so yeah. well, obviously, <laughs> hello. That's why I'm here, of course. Uh, so, but I have played definitely these ones in the 20s. So, man, I'm uh, I'm probably close to Josh with that. I I would think, I mean, 2023, 20, just just after Halo Infinite, probably seems like a good spot. Um, I wasn't a the hugest fan of no man's sky or, you know, and I didn't play Stardew Valley like you guys did. So I don't know to me, that kind of seems there early, early twenties, mid twenties. That's, that's kind of fair. All right. So to provide a little bit of context in our twenties, we're looking at Warzone, GTA online, halo infinite, Terraria, Stardew Valley, outer wilds, weird West, no man's sky risk of rain two. Um, this is a weird one because I think it's far better than half of those games, but I think it's also worse than the other half. So I don't, I don't. <laughs> yeah, even we got really a weird care. list. It's the last one. It man. is. But it's yeah. the last I, one. I, I would say, I would say, I would just want it below Stardew Valley is the only thing for me. But I feel like both of you would like it more, and I would want it below Outer Wilds. So I could put it at twenty six. Yeah. All right, twenty six. You good with twenty six, Ryan? I am putting my stake in the ground right here. No, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's fine. Because who cares? We're who cares? <laughs> it's the last the leaderboard is changing gone. anyway. Leaderboard's gone. <laughs> All right, Josh gets to preserve his uh, his favorite yeah. Outer Wilds. I get to preserve my favorite Stardew Valley. So at go. least neither neither of us will get mad. How about that? That's a big jump up, by the way. That's 13 spots. But it's look at what it's jumping over too. Know, like we're jumping over games we love, like Risk of Rain Two and No Man's Sky. Like those are great games. Even if Ryan wasn't the biggest No Man's Sky fan, um, that game similarly has just come such a long way over the last yeah. three years. Yeah. Well, even uh, the last, I guess, more like five to six years. All right. Well, we want to say once again a very special thank you to Kidaclism for going legendary and having us return to Deep Rock Galactic. Make sure to follow our podcast. That way you'll get all of our episodes moving forward. We are going to be releasing new content on Fridays. We don't want you guys to miss anything. Also, make sure to head over to MultiplayerSquad.com to sign up for some great perks. You'll get a shout out on the show. You'll get all our episodes ad free and a day early. So much great stuff like that. Um, thank you to everyone for listening. I think we're all done with this episode. Do you guys have anything else to add or we're good to go? Rock and stone. Rock and stone. <laughs> Until next time, happy gaming. Have a good one, fellas. All right. See you, everybody.